You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Riding. DFS in betting podcast coming off a really solid DFS week at the Genesis um, cheat sheet and the player pool was rock solid had Max Homa had Tony Finau in the player pool had John Rahm Victor Hovland Um, what I was missing was hitting on that piece under like 7500 that would make a lineup like I did have a lineup with Homa Finau and Rom, Homa, Homa, Finau and Hovland. You know, I was like right there. Um, pretty some pretty good caches overall. Um, was missing that punt play to really make a lineup like a top one percent lineup. Uh, on the betting aspect, not so hot again with the outrights. Bryson did not come through for us. Uh, Morikawa. Didn't come through for us. <clears throat> and then the rest of the card, uh, from an outright standpoint, did not perform up to expectation. Um, and for the first week in a while, the head-to-head betting didn't save my week. So basically, the way I treat head-to-head betting and outright betting and top 10, top 20 betting, first-round leader betting, is really a lot like NFL DFS, right? The head-to-heads. Um, the bets that I throw out there on the weekend, you guys, at patjames.substack.com are kind of like my cash game bets, right? Like Tony Finau heads up versus Victor Hovland, just as an example. Um, and I've been, you know, if you guys have been following me, hitting those at a pretty alarming clip since last year. Um, and it's they've kind of been like my cash game, right? They have obviously, it's technically a 50-50 shot of hitting, but you know when when we're looking at the strokes gain stats, we're looking at the odds, we kind of find some holes. It's been really good to us. This week, though, not not great. I finished four and six, I believe, in head-to-head betting. Um, didn't even get to bet head-to-head on Sunday because the round three bled into uh, the fourth round. And there was just too quick of a turnover to, to, to really do research. I kind of, I kind of was busy anyway. Um, so the fact that round three kind of just started on Sunday morning, went right into round four, uh, there was not enough time for a round four head-to-head card. But we'll get back at it. This week, um, the one thing that I did get right on Friday... I put on the substack to hammer a Tony Finau top 10 bet. He was sitting at T14 at the time, and he was plus 150. Um, and I absolutely smashed that because we know Tony Finau, when he's back, when he's five, six strokes off the lead, he's going to make a charge. It's when he's in the lead that he kind of collapses. Uh, so I, I had a really good feeling he was ball striking the shit out of the ball. Um, and actually, he, he kind of started to putt well on the end on Friday. I thought he was going to make a charge. Um, I wish I bet him top five, maybe even to win, and then I probably would have had a hedge opportunity with Homa late. Um, But still, plus 150 to top 10 by, I don't know, the end of the day Saturday, that that bet was just a cash. So overall, a decent DFS week, not the best betting week. Those are going to happen. Golf betting is very volatile. Um, So... This week, WGC Mexico moves to the concession. 
uh, in Bradenton, Florida. This is it's very strange because this is the second time in about six months that they've been that the PGA is set up at a course where we don't really know much about it, and it's also the second time that I actually know someone who lives near and has played the course. Very strange because it's completely. I mean, I mean, I'm in the Northeast. The first course was Harding Park in San Francisco. I had a friend from college who moved out there, loves golf, plays it a little bit. Not that he, you know, he's like a 20 handicap. It's not like he could really give me much insight. Um, same thing with, I have cousins who live in Tampa. Um, guy doesn't belong there or anything, but has played it once or twice with a buddy. Not that he can really tell me much either that I can't see on a GPS. Um, uh, you know, if you open up 18 birdies, Love the app. It's the app I use to um, record my scores. When I play golf, you can take a, a flyover view, flyover uh, of the course, take a look at it. Basically, what I think is going to happen here, it's a very long course, and there aren't many straight holes. Um, I wouldn't say there, it's not like a peat die where a lot of the tee shots are blind, a lot of the shots into the green are blind. Um, but what it is is, you know, if a, if a hole says 480, you might only be able to, uh, like, like it's not the Detroit Golf Club where they played the Rocket Mortgage in the summer last year where Bryson was just absolutely smashing balls basically to the green. Um, a lot of these holes are angled, right? It might be, it might be 420 or 460 in a straight line from the tee box to the pin, um, but you're going to have to hit a 270-yard drive, and then potentially have, you know, 200-plus yards in. Um, one of the things is all of the holes are going in different directions. Um, one of the things Jack Nicholas, I, I watched some videos, Jack, explaining it. You know, it's not, it's not, an, it's, it's not a true inward nine, outward nine, where you're going in the same direction. For most of the holes, a lot of times you just turn around or, you know, the, the hole completely changes direction. So the wind, if there is wind this week, that could kind of get them. Very long par fives, probably gonna probably like three shot uh, par fives to get onto the green, some of them. But there is a ton of water. I think I counted on the GPS 12 holes bring water into play. There is over 40 sand traps surrounding the green right so 40 green side bunkers very penal if you're not a good sand player and you don't hit the green the greens look fairly fairly big though uh, and it's very undulating bermuda greens so i think personally the slope is 155 if you're familiar with slope that is a extremely high usga slope i think it's going to be a tough test um, i see a lot of people you know kind of with an I'll believe it when I see it attitude, these guys are the best players in the world, they'll just attack the golf course. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, the guys will go out and, you know, be able to lace the balls over these tree-lined fairways and have 80-yard pitch shots, I don't know. Um, I think the way I'm personally angling this week, no pun intended, is that players are going to have to play angles. Um, they're going. They're not going to be able to hit their driver 340 down the pipe and then have a 120 pitch in or a 140 pitch in. I think it's going to be more of well-placed drives and uh, some longer irons in for a lot of holes. 
So here's how I am taking a look at the model. Um, more, more so than other weeks, I'm waiting some, some off the tee and some good, good drive gain. As always, approach is going to be important. Um, I'm looking at Bermuda putting. I threw in 200 plus proximity, those long irons. I threw in the, and the relative distances that I think will be um, on the par fours, par fives, and the par three distances. Went through all those, took a look at them, um, and my model spit out a top 10 of, no surprise, DJ and Rom up top. Tony Finau came in third, um, and, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Morikawa is fourth, Rory's fifth, Xander's sixth, Hovland's seventh, Cantley's eighth, Sungjae's nine, Terrell Hatton is 10, Webb Simpson is 11, Daniel Berger is 12, Brooks Kepka 13, Ryan Palmer comes in at 14 with Matthew Fitzpatrick coming in at 15. All right, so let's talk about, I went through, um, oh, I also I also took a look at guys that play well on Jack Nicklaus courses. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go through kind of each thing that I looked at and tell you who the best players are in those ranges. So the best players on Jack Nicklaus courses, Adam Scott, Matt Kuchar, Patrick Cantley, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas. And, and the thing is, the, the guys that you kind of hear the most here are probably the guys that you want to take a look at. 200 plus proximity, which I think is going to be very important this week. Rom, Finau, Hatton, Wolf, English. And Zal Torres. Bermuda putters. We know Webb Simpson is an amazing Bermuda putter. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Putting is the best part of his game. Just came off a pretty solid week at Riviera. Brendan Todd, we know is a great putter. Billy Horschel, Kevin Kisner. Current form top five. Finau, Cantley, Shoffley, Berger, Hovland. Good drives gained top five. And I think this is going to be important. What good drives gained measures is um, how many times a drive led to a green in regulation, basically. Right? So not how far they hit it or if they hit it in the middle, middle of the fairway. Did they set up their drive for a green in regulation? Right? So it could they could have hit it into the fringe or into the rough. But if they ended up on the green, that counts as a good drive. Basically because a lot of times... You know, a player needs to be on the left side of the fairway because the pin is um, a little bit towards the right. Maybe it's a little bit of a dog leg. They hit it into the fringe, uh, you know, like the light rough on the left side of the fairway. They're docked for a fairway and reg, but that's exactly where they wanted it. They have a nice little fluffy lie. They have a nice look into the green. So they, uh, the good drives gain actually helps quantify how many drives actually set up a green in regulation. Um, Let's see what else. The the par three distances. Um, there's some long ass par threes on this course. One is like 211, and then two are over 225. The best 225 plus par three scorers are Rory Kokrak, Sebastian Munoz, David Lipsky, Lee Westwood. Christian Bezenahut is tied there with Lee Westwood. From the 200 to 225. Jason Day, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Daniel Berger, Dustin Johnson, and Harris English. Webb Simpson actually is sixth there. Bezedenhut is eighth there. So Christian Bezedenhut is actually going to be in my player pool. He rates out really well from the par four distances and rates out really, really well from both par three distances. I think he will be a solid play. Those are like the only um, weird things that I took into account. They aren't really weighted heavily in the model, but just wanted to give you an idea of 
um, some of the obscure things that went into the model. And let's take a look at the player pool this week. And just so you guys know, this does not have to be like the only players that you put in your player pool. These are just my favorite from the from the specified ranges. I'm staying with DJ and Rom up the top. Um, both of these guys are good off the tee. You know, even if they can, even if they don't have to smash the ball, both of them are also pretty good with their long irons as well. So even if they have to take three wood off the tee or hit an iron off the tee, I'm I trust DJ and Rom with their long irons. Who else do I trust with my with the long irons? Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, Victor Hovland. Those three were in the pool last week. Um, you know, he struggled at the Genesis Morikawa, but he's played reasonably well after that first round. Driving. Very accurate driver of the golf ball. I think he's going to set himself up well, uh, be able to position himself solidly. Same thing with Vic Hovland. Um, Brooks is more of a an outright bet for me, um, but I put him in the player pool because I do think that he is uh, coming off that Phoenix win. You know, he's in good form. I like him off the tee as well. Webb, Florida, Bermuda. You just play. You just play Webb uh, on Bermuda. Uh, and where approach shots are of extra importance and accuracy off the tee is big. Sung JM rates out top ten in this model, so he's going to be in the player pool. You know he has those. He has he's second in good drives gain. He's there in form. He's a good Bermuda putter, um, and he's forty five to one as an outright. So I think he'll be on my betting card as well. I have a really big bottom tier. Um, I, th- I feel like I just nar- I was pretty narrow at the top there. Um, I didn't mention a lot of guys. I didn't mention Rory, JT, Cantlay. Um, so I'm really honing in. And that's what I'm trying to do anyway. I'm not trying to play 60 guys in 20 lineups or 80 guys in 40 lineups. I just want a, a pretty tight core that I'm confident in. And, you know, if it leads to one or two GPP wins throughout the course of the season, that's really all you need. Um, so in this bottom tier, Neiman, I'm still going to be on, you know, um, I don't know. I just can't quit Joaquin Neiman. I couldn't quit him last year. He just looks so good. Uh, you know, he he's a good driver of the golf ball. He's awesome in opportunities gained. Fantasy National stat of, you know, birdie putts of 15 feet or less, right? So, I mean, I like that stat a lot more than greens and reg because if it's an 80-foot green and you just make the front of the green and you have a 60-foot putt, it's a green and reg. But opportunities gain is that, you know, you're dialed in 15 feet or below or you're on in under regulation. Ryan Palmer, like I said, 14th in the model. Really like him. He's probably my favorite play in this bottom tier. Um, Pretty much checks every box. He's a good Nicholas design player. He's good in opportunities gain. The only thing I think might be an issue is tee trouble for Palmer. He can kind of get a little wayward off the tee once in a while. And, you know, this isn't the place to do that. But we've seen him be able to, you know, hone that in and and play well, even if accurate tee shots are required. Uh, Zalatoris, going to keep going back to Zalatoris as well. A bit of narrative street, but he pretty much wasn't even going to be in this field. Not even a full member on tour, but he snuck into the top 50. He's here. He's motivated. I think Zalatoris plays well. Co-crack the Dawn rates out well. On the required par threes, like we talked about, gain strokes off the tee. Nice showing at the Genesis. I think he'll be in my player pool. Um, Kisner, I hate Kisner. Uh, he's pompous, but 
Um, he's a good Bermuda putter like we talked about, and he's a really good iron player. So he'll probably be in there. Lonto. I watched a lot of Lonto this week. He looked really good. He was striking the irons well. Um, he rates out well on those long par threes. His recent approach numbers are really good, and he's a good Bermuda putter. Get Lonto in the player pool. Abraham Answer. He's a pretty class player, despite the fact that he hasn't been playing great. He hasn't actually really been around, um, but he's an accurate driver of the golf ball, and he's less than 7K. You kidding me? 6,800 answer. Get him in the lineup. Justin Rose is Justin Rose. I'm just going to put him in because he's 7K. That might be a mistake. Um, really has no form because he really hasn't played much. Um, but good Nicholas player. Obviously getting up there in age, but one of uh, the more accomplished players on tour. Uh, and then Christian Bezetten, who rates out well from all the required ranges. Good Bermuda putter. That par 3 scoring caught my eye. He'll be there. And then Lee Westwood. I think he just always plays well in strong fields. We always know that he contends at the Masters. He he has uh, a pretty solid proximity and Nicholas design numbers as well. The betting card. I actually have a lot of outrights this week. And it's because I didn't dip down into the lower... You know, the 5-to-1 DJs, the 9-to-1 Roms, the 10-to-1 Rory, the 15-to-1 JTs, Cantlay's 18-to-1, Finau's 16-to-1. I want any of them. I want, I'm going back to Morikawa. I tweeted out this morning when I when the odds hit, for some ungodly reason, Morikawa was 55-to-1 on DraftKings. I think he's come down a little bit since then. But that was just outrageous for Morikawa, 55-to-1. I mean, to, listen, he's like five months removed from winning a major. Get Morikawa on your betting card now. Um, I do like Webb, like I mentioned. You know, that Bermuda, those Bermuda greens, the off-the-tee accuracy, the approach numbers. Just sounds like it sets up well for him. I found him at 20, let me see here, 27 and a half to 1. Love that number. Sung J.M., 45 to 1. Talked about why we love him. Victor Hovland, 26 to 1. So see, the reason I have, uh, I'm going to have six guys. I'm going to go six deep on this outright card. But it's because I was able to fit a sixth guy in because I'm not dipping down into the teens or the really low range. Staying between 25 and 55, I was able to get six guys in and still Stay within the amount of money that I normally bet on a given week. Um, Brooks Koepka and Patrick Reed are both hovering around 30, 33 to 1 on most books. I got them on DraftKings, putting them on the card too. So Webb, Morikawa, M. Brooks, Reed, and Hovland. I'm pretty pumped about this card. Sure, any of those other top class guys like Rom and DJ and JT and Cantlay and Finau, maybe not Finau, but they can all go out and, and win. Um, I know a lot of guys are on Terrell Hatton. I could see him winning as well. But to get those six guys between 26 to 1 and 55 to 1, I really like having those six bullets and, you know, not paying more than I do on any given week. So I really like this card this week. Um, top 10, 20 first round leader. Probably won't do much first round leader. The odds won't be great. There's only 72 players in the field. It's a no-cut event. Uh, WGC. So... Probably won't do first-round leader. The odds won't be great. Um, but top five, top 10, top 20 type stuff, 
I lo- I'm going to go back to that's all these guys in that in that bottom bucket. Joaquin Neiman, Lee Westwood, Ryan Palmer, Jason Kokrak, Abraham Answer, Lanto, Bezedenhut, all those guys that we talked about that I liked under 8K, they'll be my top 10, top 20 bets. Um, not a great amount of value on those this week either. I think really the value this week is in the outrights because there is a pretty strong field. So the outright W tickets are still in, uh, you know, there's still some value to be had despite the fact that the field is, it's a no-cut, 72-man field. You know, all the top players in the world are here. So you get a guy like Colin Morikawa, 55-1. to You got to pull this pull the trigger on that. Quick recap, Webb, Morikawa, M, Brooks, Reed, Hoglin are the outrights. If you want to see the player pool or the betting card at any time and also get a email straight to your inbox of my favorite head-to-heads, and I'm not saying a lot of times the information won't even be a specific head-to-head. Like I think it was Saturday I put out the information before the head-to-head matchups were even out and before the tee times were even set and the pairings were even set for the weekend. But what I did was I said, these five guys are bound for uh, some regression, right? They putted like they were hitting 40-foot putts. They, they weren't hitting the greens. They were chipping in. Those scores, those 300, 400, 500 scores probably won't hold. And then I took the guys who were killing it on approach and missing their 5, 8, 12-foot putts. So, you know, if you get a guy that's missing, that's dialed in, but missing 5, 6, 7, 8-foot putts on Friday against a guy who's chipping in from 40 yards out on Friday, things are going to kind of regress to the mean there. You could bet on the guy that is a little bit more dialed in, a little bit more accurate off the tee, ball striking a little bit better. All right, that'll do it for the ride in. Make sure you subscribe, patjames.substack.com. Good luck in all your workday WGC waiters.